core beliefs. Amen. And so core values are very, very, very important. And so we have been studying these and, and here as our core values. Amen. When we look at it, we have to realize the importance of these things. If I were to ask you, where is the center of an apple, what would it be? The core, right? And what's usually found in the core? Seed. So the fruit's in the seed and the seed is in the fruit, right? So everything is built around the core. Amen. All the good stuff on the outside, all the beauty is built around the core. Amen. And so, therefore, this is why core values in an organization is so key and essential and important because all the beauty and everything else is built around those things that we hold true and, and believe in. Amen. That's why the Bible talks about that holiness is beautiful, that outward, inward. Amen. So that when people taste, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Amen. And we know that this fruit is in the seed and the seed is in the fruit because Jesus is the seed. And the fruit is in the seed and the seed is in the fruit. You can't take it apart. Amen. So you, you realize the value of this thing. Amen. So core values are the organization or church is centered around and built upon. The center is what makes it firm. The beauty and the taste are outward. It is the thing that we hold it together is true and what we live and operate by. If I were to ask you what is the purpose of this church, what is it? To save souls or is that our mission? <laughs> What's our purpose? There you go. That we might walk worthy of the Lord unto all please and being fruitful in every good work and increasing and the knowledge of God. Amen. Colossians 1.10, right? So that we might walk worthy. Now, if we were to look at also Colossians 1.11 and 12, notice what Paul continues in this passage and says, that you not only that you might walk worthy, but notice, strengthen with all might according to the glorious power Unto the patience and long suffering with joyfulness. Verse 12. Giving thanks unto the Father which have made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance and the saints of the saints in light. Amen. So not only are we to walk worthy, we are to be strong. We are to be strengthened. So if we are built on the foundations of the apostles and prophets and Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone, we're supposed to be strong. We're supposed to be steadfast. Amen. This is why when you look at apostolic doctrine, apostolic identity, apostolic unity, apostolic ministry, and apostolic worship, these things strengthen you. It builds you. It brings you around the core. Amen. And it makes you strong and firm and solid as we continue to look at these things. And we would look at our vision. Our vision is what? To be committed to the faithful church of divine leadership and spiritual growth for all. All discipling and training others that they may want disciple and train others to reflect Jesus Christ. Amen. So this is our Purpose, our vision, 
our core values, amen, as I just said were, was apostolic doctrine, apostolic unity, apostolic identity, apostolic ministry, and apostolic worship. Amen. That's the core. Amen. That's what is built built around. Amen. So everything that we do in the church and the organization is connected to the original pattern. This is why Hebrews 8, 5 tells us, see that you make all things according to the pattern shown you in the mount. Amen. So we build around these things. We got to have a foundation. Amen. And so, therefore, it is key and essential that we understand. If I were to ask you what is the basic fundamental doctrine of the United Pentecostal Church, could you tell me? You get you get Pentecostal life, you get Pentecostal forwards, you get ladies' uh, reflections, and the fundamental doctrine is in the front page of every one of the publications. See, yeah, the basic fundamental doctrine of this organization shall be the full doctrine salvation, right? Which is what a baptism in the name of Jesus Christ, the infilling of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking with other tongues as the Spirit of God give the other. Notice it says the full salvation. See. Some people have a partial salvation, see? The full salvation, that's why we put that in there, is to make sure that people realize is a full salvation, which is repentance, water baptism, the infilling of the Holy Ghost through the evidence of speaking in other tongues. And then we, we know that we go on to, from Ephesians 4 that we... Do not make sure that we did not disunity body. Do anything to bring disunity to the body as well. That's part of our fundamental doctrine. But notice the full salvation. See, a partial salvation is where a lot of times people just tell people, all you got to do is just confess with your mouth and believe in your heart and you're saved. Okay? That's just a start. The word confession there is not just Said, I believe Jesus. It's an agreement, is a covenant that you enter into with Jesus Christ. See, when you look at Romans 10, this is why Paul starts. He says, Brother, my heart and desire for Israel is that they may be saved. He said they have a zeal for the things of God, but not according to knowledge. See, when you come to a relationship with Jesus, they was trying to build their own righteousness. And so Paul is trying to get them to see that when you come in contact and an agreement with Jesus Christ, you don't have to try to make your own righteousness. See, he begins to bring it through you. He begins to prepare you into righteousness. He's the end of you trying to do it yourself. Say, when you come into an agreement and covering with him, he's going to make it just right. Because you're going to start, when I'm in an agreement with someone, amen, i got to do what is right. See, this is why a lot of people, because they're not in an agreement, they're not in a covenant with the Lord, therefore, there's no commitment to follow through. That's why people... 
that say they're apostolic, people that say they're Christians, keep looking and acting like the world. They've never entered into a covenant and an agreement. See, if I enter into an agreement and covenant with you, no, I'm, I'm responsible. I'm responsible to fulfill that commitment and covenant. Say, but if I'm never in an agreement with you or in a covenant with you, I don't have to do it. I can just keep doing what I want to do. But most of you to have a car, you sign in a contract that you make payments, I guarantee you, you either make them or you lose it, right? See, so we have to make sure that we enter into that covenant and agreement with the Lord. Amen. So our basic fundamental doctrine is the four doctrine. So we have to repent. You see, and thus Paul is trying to get the, the church to see that if Israel would repent, if they would come into an agreement with the Lord, they too could be saved. Because a lot of the Jews had rejected Jesus. See, and I am of the belief today under the New Testament, I know the scripture says all Israel shall be saved, but I believe they're going to have to come into agreement with the, with the Lord just like we did. I think they're going to have to repent and be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of sin, just like I did. Because he died for the whole world, and God is no respecter of persons. You know, we can say we love Israel, we we support Israel, and we do. But they, I believe, personally, they're going to have to repent. You know, <laughs> and get into this thing. So the basic doctrine here, amen, is that we must repent of our sins. And that's why the organization is built on these foundations. You know, we must endeavor, as I said, the second part, to keep the unity of the Spirit until we all come into the unity of the faith at the same time admonishing all brethren that they should not contend for their different views to the disunity of the body. Amen. So we will talk a little bit more later on about apostolic Identity and unity. Amen. So the apostles' teachings and Jesus had taught them, they was a teaching exactly what they had taught them. A good example, when I was a brand new private in the army, I had drill sergeants. And those drill sergeants taught me the basic doctrine of the army. And it didn't change. The basic things, marching, saluting, wearing the uniform, you know, shooting, all these things, those principles, doctrines did not change. And years later, I became a drill sergeant. And as a result, you know what I taught? The same things. See? This is what Scripture says, one generation shall teach the next generation. See? This is why when we come into the knowledge, this is why Jesus says the things that you have seen, you teach. Amen. And so we've got to teach the same thing. So the things that has been taught, as Paul told Timothy at 1 Timothy 4.16, continue thou in what? The doctrine. For in so doing, you will save yourself and everyone else that hears it. See? So if you don't know the doctrine, you can't teach the doctrine. See? You have to learn the doctrine. Doctrine is important. Amen. It's key to our survival, our salvation. Look at 2 Timothy 3, verse 10 through chapter 4, verse 8. Watch this. 
Paul tells Timothy, he says, But thou hast fully known my doctrine, my manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, persecutions, afflictions, which came unto me at Antioch and Achorium and Lystra, what persecution I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But continue down the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for corrections, for instructions and righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be instant in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exalt with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. They shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall turn to fables. But watch thou in all things, endure affliction, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, should not give to me at that day, but not only to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearance. So notice how many times he used the word doctrine there. So you can see doctrine is very important. Amen. Because it's part of the center is the teachings, is the understanding of the principles of what God desires us to build our lives upon. Paul says other foundations can no man lay than that which is already laid, which is Jesus Christ. Amen. So once we get into this line, amen, of repentance and water baptism, the fundamental basic doctrine, amen, then we what? We go on to perfection. Amen. There's so many things and there's so many things that we must follow and heed to and this word, amen. So we've got to make sure that the doctrine we're teaching is according to the word of God. Amen. That's why when you, you know, a lot of people uh, in the military, as I said, I was a drill sergeant. And so, therefore, it is called, we fell under what we was known as the training and doctrine command. Their overall purpose and role was to make sure doctrine was being adhered to and that doctrine is what was being taught. I couldn't just get in front of the soldiers and teach whatever I wanted to teach. They came out and they inspected me my classes. And every training and doctrine command organization, you will have a desk in the back of that classroom or a place out in the field where the lesson plans and everything else is. So when the inspector comes... 
They can open that book and sit there and see if you are teaching the doctrine. Amen. When we go to churches, we should make sure that they are teaching the doctrine. Amen. It is key and it is essential for survival. If it's going to save me, then I've got to have it. Amen. Paul tells Timothy, he's talking about the last days in 2 Timothy 3, 4. He lets him know, he says, in the last days they would have what? A form of godliness, but they would deny the power thereof from such. He says, turn away. Say, turn away. Say, in other words, avoid, shun. Amen. Because you want to make sure that you are holding on the truth. It's key and it is essential. Let no man despise thy you, but be an example. Meditate on these things. Give thyself wholly to them. Amen. That thy profiting may appear to all more. Take heed to thyself and to what? The doctrine first. Uh, amen. Here in First Timothy 4. Amen. He says, take heed to the doctrine. To thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them. See? So I've got to keep living the doctrine. In Acts 2, when that 3,000 was baptized on the day of Pentecost, verse 42, what did they do? They continued steadfast in the apostles' what? Doctrine. Amen. In the apostles' doctrine. The teachings of what the apostles had taught them. Where did they get it from? They got it from Jesus. So it had to continue. Where did we get ours from? <laughs> Amen. Jesus and the apostles. So we got to keep teaching the same doctrine. Doctrine is very important. Amen. When Baron von Steuben came to Valley Forge, the Continental Army would have lost. The British would have killed them. But a Prussian general by the name of Baron von Steuben, after Benjamin Franklin had heard about him, he was a Prussian officer, and he came to Valley Forge. And the first thing he did when he got there is he started training the Continental soldiers in basic disciplines and basic understanding of doctrine. And he wrote a book called The Blue Book, which turned out to be, the, in, the, in the U.S. Army today, the drill and ceremony man. He taught them how to march. He taught them how to stand. He taught them basic rifle marksmanship training, how to load and unload their weapons quick and fast. To make it, he taught them and put so much pressure on them that they could do it by rope, basically, so that they would know. And as a result, they got their morale built up. They got confidence in their abilities to defeat the British, to operate. And as a result, here we are as Americans, all because of a Prussian officer came to America and taught the soldiers basic disciplines. Amen. Taught them how to march, how to salute, how to respect authority. One of the things he even told them is don't put your latrine next to the kitchen. 
That's a good discipline there. <laughs> Think about it, because that's the way they was doing. He says, no, 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 no. You put that down when? <laughs> down the hill. <laughs> you know? So, <laughs> so he taught them basic disciplines here. Amen. And as a result, amen, they knew how to march. They knew how to get information. They knew the sounds and the bugle calls and everything. He taught them all that. So they learned how to discipline themselves. And that's what doctrine does. See, if I know the doctrine, I can live. Where we err, where a lot of people err in the church is they misconstrue doctrine with articles of faith. See, how many times has somebody, you've been trying to sell somebody something, they say, oh, that's just your doctrine. See, no, that's my articles of faith when I start talking about dress and appearance and I talked about don't do this and don't do that to certain degrees. That's my articles of faith. That's why we have a list of articles of faith in the United Pentecostal Church. But he, I got doctrine, and my doctrine is based on the Word of God. My articles of faith is built upon the doctrine. See? So if I know the doctrine, I'm not going to have a problem with the articles of faith. Where a lot of people have trouble with the articles of faith is they don't know the doctrine. Say, because if I know the doctrine, then I understand that the doctrine tells me I need to come out from among them and be separate, said the Lord, and touch not the unseen. I understand that the doctrine teach me to be holy and separated unto the Lord. I, I understand that the doctrine teach me, amen, that I must be a light and not doctrineness. Say, so if I understand the doctrine, articles of faith is not a problem. Say, when I was, again, I go back to the army. When I understood the doctrine, I didn't have a problem with putting in my uniform and standing out in the rain, <laughs> in the snow, and the cold. I didn't have a problem with getting up at old dark 30 in the morning and going to work. You know, I didn't have a problem with anything the army did. Cause I knew the doctrine. I knew that the doctrine was designed to teach me how to survive, how to live. It protected me. A lot of times, most people in combat get killed because they violate the doctrine. See? Once you know the doctrine, because part of the doctrinal teaching is to recognize your enemy. My whole time in the infantry, you know, they told us, you know, the value of certain things that you do based on doctrine. How to dig a foxhole correct. <laughs> you know, you would think, just go there and dig a hole in the ground, Sister Sue. You know, you know, no, they didn't do that. There was a doctrinal way that I had to dig that hole. And I, <laughs> and, and I mean, and when I dug my foxhole, my foxhole had to be in a position to where if your foxhole was over here, I'm covering you while you and your foxhole and your fire is coming out the other way to cover me. So to prevent the enemy from getting in. That was part of the doctrine. So I knew that. When I was marching through the woods, I had doctrine of how I marched. And V formations. You know, where I was supposed to be. All part of the doctrinal training. It's the same way in the church. When we understand the doctrine, we'll live. 
If we don't ever get the doctrine down right, we're going to die. Say, you can be, you can live, you can have joy, you can have excitement because you know it. You know, I think the scripture says some of a man had joy by the answer of his mouth. A lips or something like that. Think about it. If we study it. I think Paul told Timothy what? Study. Show yourself approving to God. A workman needed not be ashamed. Rightly divide the word of truth. Amen. Doctrine is so important. Matthew 7, 28. Jesus, and it came to pass when Jesus has ended all these days, the people were astonished. Why? Because of his doctrine. They was amazed. They was shocked. Amen. Because of his doctrine. This is why Philip trembled. When Paul reasoned with him about faith and temperance and judgment to come, the Bible says Felix trembled. He was amazed. He was shocked at what he was hearing. Amen. When we hear the doctrine, when people hear the doctrine, amen, it should cause them to go, wow. Amen. And Matthew 16, 12, then understand that how that he baited them. Not beware of the leaven of the bread, but the doctrine of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. He said, you beware of their teaching. Amen. Most people just say, oh, everybody's going to heaven. No, we're not. Neither is there salvation in any other. Amen. We're not all going. Even Jesus says, not everyone say to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. Amen. Excuse me. Walking on my shoelaces. <laughs> amen. But amen. So we got to make sure that we know the doctrine. Praise God. Matthew twenty two thirty three. And when the multitude heard this, they was astonished at his doctrine. Mark 1 and 22. And they was astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one that had authority and not as the scribe. When you study the doctrine, you will understand the doctrine and you will have the authority. Amen. You will know what you're talking about. You should be able to teach the doctrine of your organization without ever cracking the book. Because you study it on your own time. That's why as I go back constant, when I was a drill sergeant, I just couldn't get in front of the troops and hold the manual open and go, today I'm going to teach you how to fire, how to do weapons maintenance on your M16A1 rifle. Step number one, I just flunked. That instructor would give me a flunk. I'd have lost my drill sergeant hat. I'd have lost my drill sergeant badge. You know why? Because they just says he don't know the lesson. He don't know the doctrine. So every time I walked out in front of my soldiers in a teaching formation, I would tell them the purpose of what I was doing. And then I would tell them, I would teach you to march with a 15-inch step. The command for this movement is half-step march. On the command of execution of half-step, you take one more 15-inch step and begin to march in place, you know, taking 15-inch steps from thereafter. You know, if I want to teach them how to apply immediate action on their M16A1 rifle, amen. You're on the battlefield. Your weapon fell to fire. Execute immediate action. Tap up on the magazine. Pull the charging handle to the rear. Observe of anything that come up. Let the hand, charging handle go. Tap twice on the forward assist. Aim down range and begin to fire again. 
<laughs> doctrine. That's the doctrine. Say, and it's the same way when we come into the church. When someone asks you, this is what Peter says in 1 Peter 3.15, be ready to give an answer of every man that asks you of the hope that is in you. See, you should be able to just gurgitate it out without fear. They should be amazed. They should be going, wow, I've never heard that before. Yeah. <laughs> that's why, like when Paul says, ask the, the guys in Acts 19, have you received the Holy Ghost sensually? So we have not so much as heard there be any Holy Ghost. Amen. They was amazed. Amen. And so that's what notice. Amen. He taught them in many parables and said unto them in his doctrine. Mark eleven eighteen. and the scribes and the chief priests heard it and saw how they might destroy him. For they feared him, because all the people was astonished at his doctrine. Amen. Praise God. Mark twelve thirty eight. And he said unto them in his doctrine, Beware of the scribes which love to go in long clothing and love salutation and marketplace. Amen. John seven sixteen. <laughs> Jesus asked them and said, My doctrine is not mine, but him that sent me. When I understand his doctrine. I understand who he is. Praise God. And without controversy. Amen. When you know the doctrine, you're going to know there's only one God. You're going to know who he is. Amen. This is all part of the doctrine. John seven seventeen. If any man will do his will, he should know the doctrine whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. John eighteen nineteen. the high priest then asked Jesus and disciples of his doctrine. Acts 4, 42, they continue steadfast in the apostles' doctrines and fellowship and breaking the bread in prayer. Acts 5, 28 said, did not we straightly command you that you should not teach in this name? And behold, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine. Amen. Acts thirteen twelve. Then the deputy, which, and he saw what was done, believed, being astonished at the doctrine. Shocked. Amen. Acts seventeen nineteen, And they took him and brought him into a Aragapus, saying, May we know what this new doctrine. Amen. Praise God. Where thou speakest this. See, doctrine. We need to know the apostolic doctrine. Why are you, do you repent? Why are you baptized in Jesus' name? Why do you need the gift of the Holy Ghost? We hear it a lot in services. But do we know where it is? Do we know the reason? How does it apply to me? See, when I understand how the doctrine applies to me, then it's easy for me to relate it to someone else, how it applies to them. And all teachings and all and all instructions, the key thing is application. You know, how does it apply? Why do I need to know? This is basically what Paul is telling Timothy. Continue in it because you're going to save yourself. Say, if I if if I don't want to be saved, then I'm not going to continue continue in the doctrine. Say. But as long as I continue in it, 
I'm going to be saved. See? And a lot of people that say they're, again, they're apostolic and they're Christians and born again, they're not continuing in the doctrine. Because when you know the doctrine, you're going to know the love of God. You're going to understand the value of the importance of clinging to Him and holding on to Him. You're going to know what He is to you and how important it is to you. But see, but all, if all you do is just believe and have a confession that everybody is saved and everybody, no, don't work that way. See, and we know the scriptures, don't we? We know there's many people in the scriptures that believed, but they were still lacking and needed more. We know about Cornelius. We know so many things throughout scriptures. You know, you're not just saved by believing. If we did, the devil would be. Bible even tells us the devil believes and he starts trembling. See, so, so we, we got to know the doctrine, the basic fundamental. The basic is repentance. The basic is baptism. The basic is the infilling of the Holy Ghost. But then you've got to go on because there's a lot more. See, because I go back to military. I went to base training. I learned how to shoot. I learned how to march. I learned how to salute. I learned how to wear my uniform. That's all what is called basic training. That's basics. But then they sent me off to a place that's called AIT, <laughs> advanced individual training. Now they want me to learn my job. So now they take me to another level of doctrine. See? And then when I became an NCO, they sent me to basic leadership course or, or school which took me to another level of doctrine <laughs> then i went to a advanced course and it took me to another level of doctrine and then when i went to first sergeant's course they sent me to another level of doctrine then when i went to sergeant major's academy they sent me to another level of doctrine See? so from basics so but it's a big thing See? And so this is why Paul is trying to get us to see the importance of doctrine. There's a whole lot more to add it on, to bring it on. But it's all built on the basics. The core. Amen. The core things. So for in the church, see, our core values, the doctrine, the unity, the identity, the ministry, the worship. That's why when we come into the ministry, we're all Ephesians 4.11. He gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the perfecting what? Of the saints. Same way in the military. You know, when you left basic, you went to AIT. When you got to AIT, guess what? They still made you march. They still made you get dressed. They still made you go stand in the rain. You know, even though you went and sat in a classroom and learned something, you know, it wasn't, you still did push-ups. You still did exercise, passed PT tests. They didn't need, they did not uh, deviate from the basics. See? And even when you got to your major unit, you found out they didn't deviate from the basics. 
You still had to march. You still had to get in formation. You still had to wear your uniform. You still had to go to the rifle range. You still had to wear your gas mask and go to the gas chamber. You still had to go to the field. <laughs> they didn't change yet. See, the basic stuff. See, and that's why Paul said in Hebrews 6, he said, we got to go on to perfection, but we're going to still do the basics. We're still going to baptize in Jesus' name. We're still going to tell you you need the Holy Ghost. We're going to still tell you you need to repent, to be holy, separated unto God. That's basic stuff. That's basic doctrine. It doesn't change. Jesus says heaven and earth will pass away. My word ain't going anyplace. See? So these things are important. Doctrine. Romans six seventeen. But God be thanked that you were the servants of sin, but you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered unto you. Romans sixteen seventeen. Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offense. That, that, that Greek word there means scandal. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Scandal. Trap stick. Snare. Occasion to cause you to stumble and fall. So mark them which call offenses contrary to the doctrine. Amen. Which you have learned. And avoid them. Amen. This is what he's trying to get us to see. The value and importance of doctrine. See. They have a form of godliness. But they deny the power thereof. From such turn away. Say, you got to know your doctrine. Amen. Mark them. Mark them. Amen. No, I'm not following you. You're not going to kill me. <laughs> no, you're violating. You're getting away from the doctrine. Say, so don't follow people that is in violation of the doctrine. Say, they get you in trouble. You know, some people want to take your AWOL with them. <laughs> yeah. Come on, let's go do this. We'll be okay. No, you're violating the doctrine. And when you violate the doctrine, it definitely will show, believe me. You know, if you've been born again of the water and the spirit, church should be a priority on your radar screen. Amen. You're missing formation. <laughs> And as a result, you're taking a chance of being killed. You watch. The enemy, he knows. When you are, like we heard, if you're not committed, he's coming after you. He is definitely coming after you when you're not committed. Yeah. And because you're outside of the bounds. And he has no problem with that. Amen. First Corinthians 14, 6. Now, brethren, if I come to you speaking with tongues, what shall he profit you except you shall speak to you either by revelation or by knowledge or by prophecy or by doctrine? First Corinthians fourteen twenty six. How is it then, brethren, when you come together, every one of you have a psalms, have a doctrine, have a tongue, have a revelation, have an interpretation. Let all things be done to edify Ephesians 4. That we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. It's only one doctrine. 
That's not a doctrine for them and a doctrine for you and a doctrine for me. <laughs> Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And you must love Him with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. There's one. Amen. And we are built on that foundation. It's not one for me and for somebody else. There's only one God. One way of salvation. <laughs> As the old soul people used to say, every Saturday morning, remember this old guy, come on the radio out east, man. One, one, one. One way to God. One, one, one. One way to God. Amen. There's, there's not. See? So we have to make sure that we know the doctrine. Paul told Timothy again. And, and when you read Timothy and Titus, you know, Paul's protégés, he, he's pounding them. When you read those chapters, that's all he's doing is pounding them to continue in the doctrine, to know the doctrine, to stand fast on the doctrine. As he told Timothy in 1 Timothy 1.3, as I left you what? In Ephesus, the body in Ephesus, when I went into Macedonia, that thou might charge some that they teach no other doctrine. He says, you stay there and watch to make sure they don't teach any other doctrine. Amen. And even today, we see a lot of men in this organization is getting away from the doctrine. Doctrine of preterism. Doctrine of once saved, always saved. Our eternity security. There's many, as Paul says, winds of doctrine. So you need to be able to mark them that start teaching these these things. Even though we might love end time prophecy, we might need to make sure that it is in accordance with the doctrine. And if it's not in accordance with the doctrine and they're teaching end time prophecy, we need to make sure that we mark them. Because... I ain't drinking no great Kool-Aid. <laughs> so if I had to point some taste testers <laughs> to make sure that the tea is sweet tea. <laughs> amen. We got to know the doctrine, brothers and sisters. Amen. So, amen. Praise God. Amen. My time is up. Amen. But we're, again, like I said, the core values are so important. And we we got to know the doctrine and we got to know how these things apply to us. And so, like with every every message, everything that we do, you have to ask yourself, how does it apply to me? See? Because, as I tell you, I can't save you. <laughs> I can only save me. I can tell you how to be saved. I can tell you what you need to do to be saved, but I don't have a gun holding it to your head. Say, you will do this and you won't do that. Now, I don't have that. Jesus didn't even do that. You know, and I definitely aren't gonna, ain't gonna do it. So therefore, all the thing I'm gonna do is tell you what you need to do to be saved and how to stay saved. And it's gonna be up to you whether you work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, glory be to Jesus. Let the hallelujahs roll. Amen. Well, let's take a break. Amen. Praise God. God.